Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Utah Street South. I am Jared Pinder. As always, joining me is Eric Garfield. Eric, how are you this, this day? I'm doing great. Spent another day at uh, Orioles practice and we'll, uh, Orioles minor league practice. Uh, we'll talk about that at, uh, in addition to uh, some other topics. How are things in not very hot Baltimore right now? Well, it is going pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, last week we we were supposed to record a little bit earlier, but unfortunately for me, I got sick this last week. So I was dealing with a little bit of a cold, nothing too serious. Uh, it, it's pollen season, Eric. It's it's whooping me. It, it, it's it's really beating beating my butt. Allergies are the absolute worst, and I hate this, and I hate the first couple weeks of spring because I am guaranteed to get sick. So had to deal with my um, yearly outbreak from from <laughs> there it is right there making making the appearance um, from from allergies. So, but it's okay though because I'm back. I'm healthy. And I am ready to go, bringing you guys another another episode full of information. And Eric, I don't think we should bury the lead. Should we yeah. get to one of the most talked about topics that I have seen since Trey Mancini got traded? Okay. All right. Go ahead. Introduce this polarizing topic, Jared. I'm ready. All right, so the polarizing topic, if you somehow live on a rock and you miss this, Grayson Rodriguez, the Orioles' number one pitching prospect, debatably one of, if not the best pitching prospect in baseball. It depends on where you go. Some people say he's not. Some people say Andrew, Andrew Painter. We'll debate that to the end of time. But he's really highly ranked. He's, he's a no-doubt top-ten prospect. We know how good Grayson is. We've talked about how good Grayson is on this show before. Supremely talented pitcher. Didn't have a good spring. Didn't get past the fourth inning one time. Walked a bunch of batters. Did strike out 19 batters. That's cool. But walked a bunch of batters. Had a FIP above 1.5. Had an ERA around 7. Got hit around a lot. Some of it, I, I will say, were singles. Some of it was a little bit of a, some of it was a little bit a weak contact. But some of it was not all weak. Some of it was not all bad luck. There were... A lot of bad moments for Grayson Rodriguez. It was not a good spring. By all accounts, it was not a good spring. No matter what number you look at, it was not a good spring. And the Orioles did something very, very, very controversial in some people's eyes. They did not give Grayson Rodriguez a major league's um, rotation spot. Mike Elias confirmed yesterday that it was a battle between Tyler Wells and Grayson Rodriguez. And Tyler Wells ended up taking it. And Grayson Rodriguez ended up getting sent down to AAA Norfolk. And the reaction, Eric, was absolutely, just absolutely toxic. The amount of takes and the amount of vile and the venom and the hatred that this move has garnered from Orioles fans Eric, it's quite shocking. Yeah, I noticed there's a lot of people that will credit the Orioles with having the number one system, the best player development, really the best drafts in the last half, de half decade, 
and some of the best international signings uh, in, in a more recent period, but they can't, they don't know what to do with their prospects when they get good or reach, uh, get close to the threshold of the major leagues. And I think those things are all working together. And it doesn't mean to me, someone who lives to watch the prospects and actually does it every single day in season, in the off season, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't, I don't care. I, I mean, I want him to be with the Orioles, but I want the Orioles to a minimize risk or eliminate it. It's risky to have him going right now when he's not so hot and B I want every prospect to be on the Orioles when they're at the best of their abilities. There's no fan that can look at Grayson and what he's done this spring and say, yes, I'm sure Grayson is at the best of his, his abilities. It's just, it's not where he is. Now, if you're an Orioles fan and you want to be mad, I, I, can't, I can't do nothing for you. That's, that's just not, that's not how I am. But I will say, if Grayson was 2-0 and and had 12 strikeouts per nine and his whip was 1.06 and he'd gone 20 innings and didn't have more than two bad innings and then they sent him to AAA, well, then we'd have a little bit of an issue. Like, what do you need the guy to do? What do you need him to prove? But this spring, he's proved he's not exactly ready. So the people that are so mad, the people that are up in arms, they should realize Grayson's going to be with the team in like two turns of the rotation, maybe three turns of the rotation. But he needs to get better. Also, he's 23 years old. His development isn't done. He can still... Get better. That's the idea, to have the prospects up and contributing when they're at their best, not when they're close. So all the people that are so mad and so upset, you know, I, I, I hear you and I very much disagree with you, but Grayson will be contributing on the Orioles at some point in this regular season. That's not at issue. I'd rather have him up for the duration when he's healthy and maximizing than just the meaningless fact of the of him being on their team in the first week of April. To me, it is completely meaningless. And and, and to be fair here, and just 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 for um just for clarity's sake, I'm, I I do agree with with Eric here. Had you asked me that, you know. Two minutes after I had heard the news, yeah, you, you were know, mad. I, I probably would have. I probably would have been speaking a, a different tune. I'll, I'll admit it. I was pretty fuming. I was fuming when I first heard the news. I'm like, it's like, dude, it's like, how could they not do this? Like, this is like, this is that. This is that. But then I, Eric, I sat down and I looked at the facts. I'm like, well, you know, he hasn't been good this year. I've I've, I've tried to fight it. I've tried to battle it. I've tried. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't. I couldn't, can't make yourself mad. You're too logical, Jared. I couldn't. I uh, know it's it's that, and it's the fact that I couldn't really say with confidence that like, is he one of the five best starting pitchers? Is he the five most talented starting pitchers? That's different. That's talent. different. Pure talent. Absolutely. I think he has more talent than 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 um than uh Tyler Wells easy okay. but right now 
March 27th was yesterday. Today's March 28th, 2023. Who's better? It was obviously Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells had one bad outing. Grayson Rodriguez had two. That's simple math. You know, and and I kind of get where fans are, are, are a little bit, are a little kind of a little bit mad. So like, this is a guy that's been hyped up for like three years. We've been hearing his name for three years. We've been seeing the rise from a first round pick at, in 2018 by a former um, regime. Gets 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 hits basically the the development jackpot. And as soon as he's drafted, months later, Elias and his team are brought in. And since then, it's been a steady climb of being better, being better, eventually reaching that height at towards the end of 2021 when both Adley and him were the best catcher and pitching prospect in the, in the majors. 2022 was supposed to be special. He got hurt. Like, there is no other way to look at, at, at 2022 as a bit of a missed opportunity for Grayson Rodriguez. Like, it, it wasn't his fault. It was nobody's fault. It was a freak injury. He was, again, seven innings away from being in Baltimore. He was a couple of days away from being in Baltimore, but he got hurt. And now... What's, what's the phrase? That was then, this is now. This is now. Exactly. And now, you know, his stuff did look good. I'll give him credit. The stuff did look good. His velocity wasn't down. He had the 95 and 97. He had the gross slider. He had the great changeup. He Thank has the stuff. He just isn't locating. And I think Elias said in his media session yesterday that, you know, they were a little bit shocked at just how kind of not ready he was. And I'm like, like, yeah, I, I kind of get it. And I kind of get that, that like, so I, I kind of get that, like, people are like, are upset about this. It's like, Dude, we've been waiting for so long for his debut, and now I'm going to wait even longer. This stinks. I get it from the fans' perspective of, oh, now we have to wait even more. Right. But you got to open up your eyes, Eric, a little bit and realize that he just wasn't ready yet. Okay, so I had my own media session today with an Orioles executive at Twin Lakes. I go there every single day. I watch the – that's the Orioles complex. I watch their practices. All the coaches are there. All the rehab instructors are there. All the all the trainers are there. All the players are there. Early in the morning in the 10 o'clock hour, there's no fans. Only me. I'm the only one that's there ever. Today, I was watching live BPs, and I sat down with the farm director, Matt Blood, and we talked about a lot of Orioles prospect issues. The way that Matt started the conversation with me, well, we said, hi, how are you, and stuff like that. He said, Eric, I saw your comment this morning on Twitter. And I thought for a second, you know, that's, that's not a good way to, to start a conversation. That's, you know, maybe he saw something controversial that I wrote, you know, I'm not a, good on social media. And I was like, okay, what was it? He's like, it seems like you're the only person in Baltimore that has the right perspective on Grayson. And I was like, well, you know, I just, I want him there for the duration rather than I want him there this week. Isn't that how everybody in the organization feels? And he looked at me, he's like, more or less, we want him when he's at his best, and we just don't think he's at his best right now. Is that up for debate? And I was like, eh, you know, I guess, I guess not. He's not, he's not really executing. I said to him, I was like, the pitcher that I saw that was executing the best, he got sent to minor league camp like 10 days ago. That was Spencer Watkins. 
but I'm not going to like argue for Spencer Watkins. He was just doing well and he got sent down. He's like, Eric, Spencer Watkins isn't the Orioles' number one pitching prospect and isn't the number one pitching prospect in the entire sport. We need Grayson at his absolute best. So I said, you know, the fan reaction has been kind of ugly and kind of controversial. You know, they're saying stuff about you. They're saying stuff about Michael Elias. I was like, all the people that are saying those things and criticizing you, they're going to go to his first start at Norfolk. They're going to go to his first start at Camden Yards. And he's like, yeah, me too. Like, I'm the one who wants him to do the best. I was there when he was drafted. I, I write the script for how everything about his development goes. I'm also from Texas, like he is. Like, we want Grayson to be the number one, the true number one. So it was, it was just very interesting to have his take on that, among other subjects, on the day when it seems like fans that are looking for a reason to be angry got one. Or looking for a reason to, to whine. I mean, I hate to say it, you know, because there's a lot of people that were like publicly whining. You know, they got that reason today. And again, he's going to be up in 18 days. Yeah, it's, 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 it, it is kind of, it, I, I, I feel a little bit like, but the situation is just like, you know, I was a little bit reactionary when it first happened, but I looked at the facts, and it's just like, I need Grayson Rodriguez to be Grayson Rodriguez, okay? I don't want to go through another Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gossman situation, Eric. I don't want to go through that. No fan wants to go through that, again, again, with, with these with these pitching prospects not working out. Nobody wants to go through that. And if you would have given Grayson Rodriguez that rotation spot, who's to say that he doesn't lose all his confidence Oh, that, that, like, that is such a great point. That is such a great point. Like, I need Grayrod to be Grayson. I right. need him to be him. I don't need him to be Less Grayson too. I need him to be him. I right. need him dominating on that on that on that big league mound when this team is in a playoff race, potentially. I need him doing that. And unfortunately, so, Eric, that wasn't him on spring training. And like that was starts. him the first couple starts. That wasn't him against uh, Detroit against like Boston and, and, and the Tigers B lineup. Like that's not him. And Jared, none of those things happen in April. None of the playoff pushes. None of the teams that have momentum. It just doesn't happen in April. In April, you're just getting through April. It's the very beginning. So all the people that are you know, I hate to say it, that are whining about him not being there. He is going to be there. It's just not when you want it. If you want Grayson to be with your team, you can draft him and you can develop him and you can chart his development. I am not worried about his talent, his role on this team, or the, the negative connotation that service time manipulation comes with it. You have to manip manipulate or manage the service time of your superstars. You have to. And that's another thing that we can really – we can talk about, Jared. You know, I've never gotten your exact opinion on it. We can hear it now. But, you know, as the Orioles rebuild from the very bottom up, are they really doing the right thing? Are they helping their chances the most, like assimilating prospects into the major league life? Because I got to tell you, it looks like it's worked pretty well 
for Adley Rutschman, and it looks like it's worked pretty well for Gunnar Henderson. So there's a little bit of precedent. I, I kind of am willing to let them have some leash when it comes to guys like Grayson, Westberg, and then on down, Kowser, Norby, and the rest of the crew. So, like, as we transition away from Grayson, th does this make you think that the Orioles aren't that good at that part? Like, finalizing. It's an interesting question. I think it is. Because I think this parallels nicely into the second piece of news that got announced on yesterday is that Jordan Westberg also didn't make the team. Right. And I think that is much more about – less about service time manipulation and less about there just isn't a spot for some of these prospects right now on the big league team. And we can get into why there's not a spot. But I think this is a problem and a bridge, Eric, that the Orioles are going to have to cross. And this was the first kind of, not exactly test, but maybe a little bit of a prelude to what is going to happen. Eventually this year, Eric, the Orioles are going to have a situation where Joey Ortiz, Connor Norby, Jordan Westberg, Colton Kowser are going to be all playing really well in AAA. Yep. You're and right. The problem is that there is no more no, there is not another level above AAA. It's AAA to the Good point. There's no 4A. <laughs> and I honestly think it's not as easy sending a prospect from AAA to the majors is not as easy as sending double A to a prospect from double A to AAA. I'm Breaking news in this podcast. It's not as easy as <laughs> it's not as easy as easy. To do that, and I think what it comes down to, Eric, is the opportunity cost. Because I'll be honest here, Eric, the Orioles didn't make room for their prospects just in case they had a great spring. You know, they signed they signed guys like Adam Frazier. They didn't trade away Austin Hayes. They didn't trade away Ramona Rios or Jorge Mateo. They didn't trade away their sorry, their major league veterans. Like I might thought that like they might have because they knew that their prospects were ready. And maybe that's another point is that maybe they didn't think that Westbrook would hit all this, wouldn't hit like this in in um in uh spring training. I will say for each of the big prospects I saw down in spring training, Eric. There was at least a couple of things that I saw that I think those prospects need to work on before they were really major league ready. Like okay. I think, I think just for a guy like Heston Kerstad, he just needs time. Like yep. he's just too raw in his minor league playing time to get a promotion to the big leagues. For a guy like Colton Kowser, the tools are all there. Again, it's just can you consistently hit, and maybe can you. Kind of like, can you make a little bit more contact and, and level the strikeouts a little bit? For a guy like Connor Norby, kind of the same thing. Can you kind of show a little bit more consistency? For Joey Ortiz, it, it was about I, – I loved what I saw from Ortiz defensively, and I saw flashes of the bat. But unfortunately, Joey Ortiz kind of had an injury issue. 
I don't know if yep. you know this, Eric, but he was going through concussion protocol, like I, like, I, like 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 yeah. getting hit on the head. I he think he's it. fine now. I do know he's fine now. He's hitting on back the backfields and everything. Okay, hang on, hang on. I, I hate to cut you off. I did know about that. He's not hitting on the backfields. He's back with the lineup today. He went three, four. I think they got him six at bats, including a single and a double and a triple. So Ortiz is probably going to start the season on the DL, but he's in the phase of concussion recovery where he can wear a helmet, play in games, and like not just have to practice. So I'm I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to provide an update. So we're giving out. That's really good information. I'm happy you did cut me off because I did, I did not know he might start the, the season on that's my job. On, on injured list. I did not know that, but thank you for that information. Absolutely. And then that opens up even even potentially more questions. Is that like, well, this guy's just not just not healthy right now. Like this guy Correct. needs to kind of get get himself back. Correct. So, and then for Jordan Westberg, honestly, Eric, I didn't see any big flaws like that. Like, what are your flaws? Oh, you're hitting 300. Well, you're not hitting the ball. Okay, Westberg did have a big flaw that for some people that care about baseball specifically and look at this, his, I think there was a point in spring where he had 13 strikeouts in one walk and it Ooh. didn't exactly get get better. But for me, I don't care. That's only That's just one way to get out. It wasn't like he was consistently or persistently killing, killing our rallies. So that was like his one flaw. But like you outlined, Jared, these dudes still have stuff to work on. They still have parts of their game that they need to perfect. I will tell you, well, no, I won't say that. I'm not comfortable saying that on the air. But there were people at the table that voted for Westberg to make the team. That vote didn't win. So he goes to AAA to continue improving. Now, I guess I'm going to start to answer my own question. I'm going to be pretty brief about this, but getting the prospects over the line to the major leagues is the actual hard part. Developing them over the years, giving them at-bats, and watching them maximize their baseball abilities in A, in AA, and AAA, and so on, that's not the hard part. The hard part is timing it. When do you release them into the to the highest level. So far, like I outlined, Grayson and Adley, they're doing, or uh, Gunner and Adley, they're doing fine. I'm going to, I'm going to trust the Orioles with that, with that final step with Grayson. They want him at, 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 at his best. Yo, by the way, guess who really didn't have that bad of a spring? D.L. Hall. Where is the uproar to have him with an Orioles, with a, a role with the actual Orioles? This guy's nasty. He's a, he's a year older. He's lefty, and his most recent appearance, he was throwing fire. So I'm cool with them waiting, developing, and, and waiting for that absolute perfect moment. It worked with the biggest stars that we have. It's going to work with these guys, and eventually Hayes, Mullins, Santander, some of them are going to be gone, and the stars that are starting at Norfolk, Westbrook, or pardon me, Westberg, Kowser, Norby, Kerstead soon, Mayo soon. Those are going to be the guys that form the nucleus of what the Orioles are. It does not have to be this week or next week. No, it, it, it doesn't. And I think when it comes down to that, it's just about, well, okay, so you're, you're a person. Let's just say that for, you know, I'm not saying you're like this, Eric. I'm just saying like for an example, 
you're a person who really thinks that Joey Ortiz should be in the majors. You you think that uh, Jorge Mateo is Jorge Mateo's speed is not good enough. Joey Ortiz is a better bat, and Joey Ortiz is is a is a close to quality of defender that Jorge Mateo is. All right, cool. So you think that Ortiz is better than Mateo, or at least you think that Ortiz is at least to at least better enough at Mateo where the speed doesn't really impact your decision. That's fine. You can think that. You can make an argument and convince me that. I don't I've banged the table for the Orioles to trade some of these veterans to give the younger guys shots before. I've I'm not a I'm not a, a an apologist like that. Like I will say like okay do like do like trade these guys. Do it. Trade the veterans. Get rid right, of them. Open up, space, open up space. So, but at the same time, you have to think that, like, okay, so where is Joey Ortiz going to go? Well, he's going to play shortstop. Well, what do you do for Mateo? Are you making him a bench bench bat? Are you moving around the whole entire lineup? Because if you want to bring up Jorge Mateo, do you know who loses out? The guy that I thought had the most impressive spring out of out of any hitter in Taron Vavra. Okay. So it's it's a domino effect yep. of proportions, Eric. It's yep. it's unfortunately, I think fans of that nature are trying to have their cake and eat it too. Doesn't I, work think I think they're they're trying to Build their their dream lineup and what their dream team when this team is incredible and all these prospects are up looks like without right. really considering that there's only nine positions on the baseball field. And right now, the Orioles are, I said this before in an early episode, they're swimming in talent. Yep. They're drowning in talent. They honestly, I think at points, I think to myself, Man, we have too much talent. Do we have too we much do. talent? There is too so, much. There's too much to, to currently manage, to be honest. They need to make a trade. And whether or not, and whether it's a trade, whether it's releasing somebody like like Adam Frazier or somebody, or whether it's moving somebody to the bench, I'll tell you what. If somebody down there, out of those four pro- prospects that I, or three prospects that I mentioned, kills it early, it does it consistently. I'm not talking about a, a week stretch. Stretch. I need a month. Killing it down in AAA, they're fine. You know what? Make space for them. But until they really show me, until they really show that they can consistently kill AAA and consistently show me that, like, there's no other place for this guy to go than, than to be a major league player, and that's the and right I time. Think it's time to have that conversation. But I do think we are I think sometimes we do kind of put the the the, the orange colored glasses on to say yep. you kind of ignore these these prospects uh, like not to say flaws but like the places where they that they need to improve. Like these guys aren't I think we need to realize that these guys aren't like Adley Rushman level like prospects where it's like well these are true superstars. These are guys that are going to like they're going to like lead us to like to like to like like these guys aren't top five or some of them are but a lot of them aren't top five prospects and they have flaws and they have things that they that they need, that they need to improve so let them improve the triple a and let them show that hey 
they're ready. And maybe when they show the front office that they're ready, maybe they will do something about it. Okay. And and to follow up on that, watching baseball like I do, showing all the fans what I see every day, I guess I can call myself a baseball observer. That's fair. One of my favorite things to do is to get it wrong about players. To see something, establish a profile, what I think they're going to be based on what I've seen. And I love it when the baseball athlete proves me to be completely wrong and very moral. I'm going to talk about two guys, both played the same position, both pretty at the same stage of development, that I started to develop impressions about over really the last year and a half. And both of them have been totally incorrect. They're both lower minors infielders. One of them is Frederick Ben Cosme. Already been up to Aberdeen to, to, to where you are, so, so you could have seen him. A quick rise for uh, a, a, a young and uh, physically not intimidating infielder. Now, I thought he was a slap hitter. I didn't think that he could really like impact a team. I thought he had a leadoff profile and was like a good on-base dude. This year, Frederick Bencosme, every single day in camp, does something not just good, but loud and dynamic. He is trying to show the coaches and anyone that's watching that he is ready to climb. He's not just in the minors for the ride. And there's a lot of guys who are. They just want that baseball lifestyle. Freddie is ready to seize stardom. So this season is going to be a loud and you know, boisterous, violent. The message is going to be sent every day. I can see Freddie's not keeping it inside anymore. He's letting everybody know, I'm here to hit 348. I'm not a 300 hitter. So and in the field, he has been just as smooth. Grounders, he really looks like he's at another level. This offseason, Frederick Pencosme put in work. Now, someone he's competing with directly is the international signee, Michael Hernandez from Venezuela. Last year, I, I'll say Michael was a B-plus in the field and a D-minus at the plate. He couldn't drive the ball. He couldn't aim the ball. He couldn't perform with two strikes. Pitchers had their way with him. And it's the FCL, so it's not guys with like five out pitches. He really had what I would call a bad season. And it formulated my impression of him. I didn't think he was going to get off the ground. 100% wrong. This spring, he's come back. He's bigger in his upper body. But now he's getting extra hits. He's having good at-bats that end up in long line drives, extra base hits. And then his next one, he's just aiming one over the second baseman. So instead of one for two, he's two for two. And in the field, his footwork and throws are precision perfect. I've even talked about it with scouts and trainers and coaches from other teams about how advanced Michael looks. So anybody that listened to me on Michael last year and anybody that heard what I said or read what I wrote, I definitely felt that way then. But like we said before, this is now and things are really looking up for both, both of those infield prospects. I really... I truly, you know, there's so many players I can't wait for fans to see, but both of those guys doing well and really competing with each other at different affiliates 
is something that I think Oriole fans will, will really, really be thrilled to see. I can't wait to see Ben Cosme. I am 97% sure he'll be at Aberdeen, which is just, yes, give, give that I'm, to me. 100%. Right I cannot we'll, wait. I cannot we'll wait for that. That's going to be all. That's gonna be awesome, and I love and in your and your um point about being wrong and, and stuff. I agree with that. Like so much fun, you know. I I have been wrong on a lot of things about prospects. I'll I'll straight up say it right now. I didn't like the 2020 Oreos draft class when it happened. I hated it. Oh, oh. That was, but that was when I was still pretty young in scouting. I was stuck in COVID. I was stuck inside. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna see if I can scout some of these guys and I remember creating a big list of around 50 players that I that I scouted and do you know who were 44 and 50 on that list? Kobe Mayo and Kersted, Heston Kerstead and Jordan Westberg. Oh Jordan Westberg. Well, we got him we got your dudes. Yeah Jordan Westberg was technically the lowest graded player I watched out of the 50 players. I didn't see it with him in college. Okay. I didn't see I didn't see hard hit balls. I didn't see launch angle. I saw a line drive hitter who was who benefited greatly from 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 SEC from, from SEC competition. Okay. Who benefited greatly from playing a little bit lower, a little bit not lower. SEC is the biggest you can get, but like benefiting greatly. Now I will say the Orioles obviously did something. They fixed his swing. They made him hit a lot more line drives. My biggest problem with him was that he didn't drive the ball at all in college. He had a, he, he buried bit balls into the ground. He kind of had the the Ramona Rios problem where he hits balls hard, but they're directly into the ground. He doesn't elevate enough. They've gotten him to elevate a little bit. They've turned that line drive swing into a little bit more of an arc. So they fixed it. But again, that's something that I couldn't have seen coming in the future. And that's part of scouting is that you kind of have to project saying that, oh, this is what this guy is now, but what can this guy can be when you get him into a good developing organization, when you get him on a nutritional path, when you get him to fix, adjust his swing a little bit. And I will say there are a lot of times where I look at these guys' swings and I'm like, that's different. Big example. Eric, I saw Dylan Beavers' swing. That's different. It is so gorgeous. That swing is different. He is very crouched. He was very upright in college. He no. had a very upright, uppercut, slamming, like, like you hit a breaking ball type of type of swing. I'm going to hit it 15 million miles. I think they've they fixed the swing to make him a little bit more line drive oriented. I think they've while also keeping his same kind of power stroke that he always had in college. You're, That's you're another right. point of fixing, adjusting. Minor league baseball and in scouting is about adjustment. How can we get this player to turn into this? There is no secret sauce, Eric. There's no Mike secret stuff. You know, like Bugs Bunny is not coming out of, out of nowhere with like with like a bottle of water that he called Mike's secret stuff. It's it's not a secret what they're doing. They're improving. They're improving their swings. They're fixing. They're using the data, and they're improving these players. And I need and 
I love the fact that Jordan Westberg and Hester Kirk that have made me look like idiots. I love the fact right. that. It's not embarrassing. I mean, sometimes you just get it. Sometimes, sometimes you, 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 you just, you got to trust the baseball athlete and you have to trust the development system that they're in. I realize for people like you and I that have been Oreo fans for a long time, it's, it's hard to have full faith in the Orioles doing that. I kind of started changing my mind around when they, um, when they had good drafts. And I noticed that they're not like wasting any real draft picks. In fact, that's another thing. That's another thing topic for for a show. We can you know we can do another time. I think the draft from last year is extremely underrated, and I'm the one that's watching these guys every single day. I do not see a bad player. But but we'll we'll, we'll move on. The one thing that I really kind of want to close out on is. You know, Orioles, the internet Orioles and the social media Orioles crowd today, they were pathetic. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it. They're absolutely out of their minds, looking for to fabricate a reason to frustrate themselves. That's not how I am. That's not how you are. And that's why I think we're, we're like decent partners. But there's another thing, another event that might make Oriole fans even really mad or even madder than, than Grayson. I am fully... Sure, that great that Jackson Holiday is starting at Delmarva, not Aberdeen. I've watched him every single day that he's at minor league camp, and he's been with the Delmarva team every single day. I've talked to people about this. Jackson Holiday is the 1-1 overall pick. He's doing great in his development. He's showing a lot of skill, and he's going back to Delmarva. If that makes you mad or you don't really understand how that works, you know, I might not be, I'm, I might not ever be your, your podcast partner, but for me, that's, that, that's okay. They're giving him a little bit of a carrot. Bust your ass in April and you'll be at Aberdeen by May. And that's, that works for every single person in the equation, including Jackson Holiday, the overall system and fans like you and I. So I guess I'm like prepping our listeners for something else that might happen, but it's another thing that really shouldn't frustrate you. The system is absolutely thriving. So Jackson Holiday and what affiliate he starts at, you know, it's just one one name out of out of 110 or 120 names. So I guess I guess I'm saying this as nicely as I possibly can. Deal deal with it. <laughs> no, that's I think that's not something that I they should be really mad at, especially when I think the age, like he's what, 18, 19, like that's not gonna you know, like starting him at Del Mar was not gonna hold him like held pull back his development. That's not that's not gonna happen. Eric, I, I saw him ripping doubles, okay, at, at spring training against competition that was five years, six years older than him. Nineteen Jack years old. Holiday is gonna be is gonna be is gonna be a freaking stud. Yep, totally agree. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the Orioles starting him at, at Delmarva. I personally thought that he would have been he would have been Aberdeen. He got a cup of coffee at Aberdeen last season. So I thought that, you know, development, they're gonna start him at Aberdeen. Let's see how he does there. Maybe we'll go to Bowie. I was wrong. I've been as I've said on this podcast, I've been wrong. I really Unfortunately, don't know anything. 
I think that's the one thing I've learned throughout this is that I am a terrible, I am a terrible person at anticipating and trying to tell what this organization is going to do. And I think that is, I think that's, that's okay because I think they kind of, they don't really move their own drum. They just have a very, very strict guideline of what you need to do in order to get to where you want to be. Read Astroball. They're all business. It's simple. It's not complex. No. It's not. See, you can't really see her. I got Astroball in the back. Back there. Can't really see my my, uh, bookcase. Sorry, listeners. Um, So, yeah. Um, Eric. Um, interesting episode, fun episode today. We had a lot to talk about, a lot of information. I'm really, I'm again, I'm just happy that at the end of the day, baseball is back. We are two days away from opening day. When you probably hear this, you're probably going to be one day away from opening day. Minor league baseball opens up in about a week. April 6th, um, is the, is the opening day for all minor league baseball. We might be getting some rosters in, in the next couple of days. That might be something that we might be able to get. So, and if you if you follow, if you if you like minor league baseball, again, be on the lookout for that. If again, if you love minor league baseball, I cannot tell you enough to follow Eric Eric on Twitter. He's always down there at the camp with his phones, with his phone out, taking video of these prospects. If you like minor league baseball. Please go follow Eric, Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Birdland. He will be out there catching the prospects. I think Eric. Um, interesting, really fun episode. Um, anything else you need to say? Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to baseball very much. I'm glad it's here. For me, the calendar really is baseball every day, all year. And I'm very also happy to say that you and I have found each other and made a podcast where we can like collaborate and share our ideas. And I'm even happier that we finally met in person and I got to see like your family, what kind of fan you are and what kind of people they are. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing this. We're not mean, we're not insulting. We, you know, we're we're not like trendsetters or newsbreakers. We're just two people that like the minor leagues and really support the Orioles minor leagues. So um, if you support us, we would appreciate it also, but we're going to keep doing our thing really, no matter what dur- during the season, there's going to be a lot more stories and a lot more things for us to talk about. So, uh, I guess it's my way of saying, I'm really pleased with the product and like one and a half seasons in, I'm really pleased with, with the direction and, and the development of, of us. So I hope listeners feel the same way. And if you don't let us know, and we'll try to fix it or try to change it or try to discuss it. Yeah, really great, great words to end on. Um, I think Eric, with that, um, I don't, we don't really have m- much else to discuss, and I really know what else what to say. But again, if you're listening to this episode, thank you so much for listening. Leave a like, leave a comment. Again, if you if you have a little bit of a problem of like of like what we're saying, yeah, leave <laughs> a comment. Like it's like leave a comment, leave leave a Twitter. I know this episode will get posted to Twitter. I know a certain section of fan is going to get mad at us, but again. I think we laid out our 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 um defense, not exactly defense, but like our point of view, right. really well. And I don't think we can really add much else to this conversation. 
So with that, thank you again. Thank you guys all for watching and take it easy.